Welcome to The Caleb Show. This is a show about the Bible, about renewing, and about the mind, where every week we discuss how the Word of God is sufficient for day-to-day living, no matter what is happening in your life. You will be challenged to make the Bible an essential part of your thinking and living. Join us now as we investigate the world with the ancient truth of God's Word. A parent or a teacher or a gardener, then you understand the idea of going from immaturity to maturity. The thing is, is in the Bible, we actually discover that it describes for us the going of immaturity to maturity, in, or I should maybe say infancy to maturity, in both righteousness and wickedness. And uh, the, one of the best parables for that, one of the best places, is the parable of the wheat and the tares. So if you go to Matthew 13 and have a look at it, Jesus gives us a number of what scholars call kingdom parables, because each one starts out with him saying the kingdom of heaven is like. And so he does these parables to sort of explain the general understanding of the world around us and how God sees it. Excuse me. And he does the parable of the sower, and then he turns around and does the parable of the wheat and the tares. So let's just read the parable itself to get an idea, and then we'll go through the meaning. And we're looking at this idea of maturity and ultimately how we can understand evil and righteousness in existence today on the earth. So it says here, he put forth to them another parable saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest, and at that time of harvest... I will say to the reapers, first, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So that's the parable that Jesus tells. It follows immediately from the parable of the sower. And so it's this idea of a farmer going out and planting seed, and then his enemy comes and plants bad seed just to mess everything up. So the farmer has to now wait until everything is ready for harvest, and then he can separate out the good from the bad. So let's read what Jesus now gives as an explanation. Verse 37, he answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. So Jesus himself is going out and and basically sowing good seed throughout the earth. So it, in, uh, it, we know this because it says uh, the field is the world. So the field represents the whole world around us. People are getting saved. People are coming to the Lord. People are growing in faith all over the world. Read Voice of the Martyrs magazines. Read the Back to Jerusalem website. Read uh, Spirit of Martyrdom. There's a lot of work going on that God is doing around the world, and he's, he's causing people to turn to him. So seed is being sown, and this has been going on for thousands of years. The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. 
So we know that the enemy is at work. The devil is at work, and he's trying to raise up his people through the ideas of evolution, through the ideals, ideas of Marxism, through the ideas of liberal theology, through the ideas of um, you know blatant immorality, uh, through the ideas of education and things like this. The, the devil is doing his work, and he's trying to implant into people's minds his understanding of the world and the way he would want humans to live in order to, to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to steal God's creation away from him. He's trying to kill God's people and to destroy uh, anything and everything that God stands for. That's the whole purpose of the devil. It's why he sows tares all over the world. So wherever God is doing his work, that's where the devil is doing his work as well. Verse 39, the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. The righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So people often ask the question, the Bible asks the question, How long, O Lord? How long will we suffer? How long will the wicked have a place here on the earth? How long will uh, these things that are so sad and so demoralizing and so uh, frustrating and so evil carry on? How long? And basically, he tends to answer that question here by saying, we'll look at maturity. Everything has to grow from a state of infancy to maturity. You plant a seed in the ground, that seed will sprout and it will grow up and it will eventually get to a point where it will bear fruit. And the fruit that it bears will then also be planted and grow up and bear more fruit. It's the cycle of gardening. It's the cycle of human existence. It's the cycle of life. Everything goes in these cycles. It's true all over the world in education, in family rearing, in business, and everything. There's always cycles that go on. Things start out small. They grow to maturity. They bear fruit. They repeat. So God is no different. This God put everything in place uh, in order, that's that's just the way he orchestrated the world around us. The devil has has uh, grabbed onto that idea, has to work within that that framework because that's the way God has designed everything, and so he's doing the same thing. He's but he's creating it in order to bring about a maturity of evil. So get the parable: the wheat is sown and it begins to grow, but the tares were sown in there as well, and they begin to grow. Now, I grew up in Kansas in America where we have vast wheat fields. And these wheat fields, when they start out small, it just looks like a giant field of green grass. But as they grow, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And what happens when your garden grows and everything gets bigger and bigger and bigger? Well, it consumes all the space and it becomes this jungle almost of, of growth. And so this is what we see happening today. Over the centuries, the devil has been at work doing what he does, which is sowing uh, destruction and wickedness around the world. But God has been doing the exact same thing. Now, the thing is, is that Jesus himself said, no one knows the day or hour in which he will return. 
So the devil doesn't know the day or hour in which the Lord will return either. And so he always is working to have his people in place in order to try to bring about Antichrist. Whereas God is always working to try to get around his people in place in order for the gospel to spread and for God's word to be uh, distributed out. So today, what we find for the first time, I think, probably since before the flood, I don't know what the technology was like before the flood, but certainly in regards to what we know of human history, right now is a time where all, almost all humans around the world are connected. They're connected via the internet, they're connected by technology, they're connected by international travel. So if you look at the Roman Empire in the days of, of Jesus and Paul, it was connected. It was connected by a common government, the Roman government. It was connected by a common language, the Greek language. It was connected by a series of roads that went all over the Roman Empire, some of which are still there today. Uh, it, it was also connected by a very uh, understood um, uh, maritime traffic as well through the Mediterranean Sea. So the Mediterranean became what was called the Roman Lake because they had control over every inch of the of the coast. And so when that happened, it, it allowed for uh, mass communication to take place. It allowed for communication to take place very quickly because the roads were all there and the Romans protected these roads and they kept things moving safely. So that allowed for the gospel to spread very rapidly. And so what do we have today? Today we have a common language, you could say via the internet uh, and the English language. We also have a common uh, worldwide transportation system through all the airlines <clears throat> and that. Uh, but it's getting to where now they're talking about a worldwide government. It sort of began with the European Union of nations giving up their sovereignty to a, to a, a larger <clears throat> or, or more ex extensive body of government. Um, but there is this talk now of this kind of thing happening. I think Bill Gates is one person who's talking about this, you know, the founder of Microsoft. But it, it's this idea of uh, growing to maturity. So when we look at the New Testament world, what we see happening there will be repeated before Jesus comes back, both the good and the bad. You know, read about the Roman Empire in the first century and the second century and see what it was like. That is the direction in which the world will go today. And so it's this idea that, well, we don't care what kind of God you worship as long as you give uh as long as you tip your hat or burn incense every year to Caesar, this is what's going to happen with the Antichrist. The Antichrist doesn't really care which God you worship, as long as you acknowledge him as the primary God over all gods. And so there's a spirit that goes around the world in the spirit of Islam, Marxism, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, socialism, uh, homosexuality. There's a spirit that is of the same spirit. It's the spirit of the wicked one. And he's allowing all of these things to happen. It doesn't really care what you do because God does not care about the, uh, sorry, the devil does not care about the things of God. He only cares about the things of men. So if he can keep men interested in the things that their sinful flesh want to be interested in, he's won the battle. And so God is seeking to change men's hearts 
to be concerned about the things of God and to be directed toward God. And so what we discover today around the world is that there is a maturing taking place. Ideas are being spread rapidly. People are uh, have access to these ideas. And it's and we're a, there's a maturing of evil taking place. It seems very obvious when we read the news. But the reality is, is if you looked at websites like Voice of the Martyrs or The Spirit of Martyrdom or uh, Open Doors or uh, Back to Jerusalem, you'll discover that there is a maturing of God's people as well, particularly the ones who are under persecution in the Muslim world and in the communist world. And so this maturing is happening around the world. And I think even in the Western world, there are people who are starting to wake up and realize, oh, maybe we should consider taking our children out of government schools. Maybe we should think about doing home church, things like this, and and, and become a little bit more like the first century believers were. That's how they operated. So if we can restore our understanding to the way the first century church operated, they did not operate by putting time and energy and effort into buildings and things. They operated by putting time and energy and effort into spreading the gospel, into making disciples, into uh, making sure that the people within their circles were understanding the teachings of Jesus and how to live out the teachings of Jesus. That's what Paul's ministry was all about. He went to preach the gospel to the Jews first, and then the Gentiles, and then after that it was building up the body of Christ. And that was his primary goal. And he did that in a very simple and straightforward way with a lot of prayer and also a lot of sacrifice. You can read about his um, the struggles and the persecution and the uh, tribulation that he went through in his life. But the wheat is growing up alongside the tares. And so as the tares become more mature, the wheat is also becoming more mature. And these things have to grow together. So one is a reflection of the other. So let's read here. Therefore, it says in chapter 13, verse 40, Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. Now, this is an interesting phrase, this idea of practicing lawlessness. Jesus says in Matthew 24 that because the love of many will grow cold, because lawlessness will increase. And so this is what is happening today, is there's a breaking down of moral law. There may be a, a, a raising up of judicial or of political law. There might be more laws being added, but the moral law that is to govern us is collapsing in society around us um, and the world as a whole. So when that law collapses, you have a rise of lawlessness and people are practicing anything that's good in their eyes is what they're practicing. And so this is going to be dealt with by God because the earth is actually ultimately a part of God's kingdom. Jesus has claim over the earth. He will restore his claim to the earth and come back and he will be the head of uh, the government and all power and everything else on the earth. If you read Revelation uh, 20, 19, 20, that's what happens. And so he will cast them into fire, uh, into the furnace of fire, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, and the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And this is a reflection back to Daniel chapter 
uh, 11 and 12, where he talks about the battle between the northern king and the southern king. It's essentially this sort of, it's a description of the battle, uh, the battles that are taking place. Uh, well, it's a very detailed chapter. But anyway, he talks about those who do mighty exploits. Uh, the the people who actually stand firm in the in on the truth of God's word and they will shine forth as stars. It says, so this is the thing that we're looking forward to. So the maturing of evil will ultimately bring about the destruction of those who hold to that, but the maturing of righteousness will ultimately bring about the glorification of those who hold to that, and so the righteous will shine forth as the sun. In the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, ultimately, the Bible is very clear and very simple in what it says. All it says is stick to the narrow path. <laughs> that's all it that's all it's really saying. And so if we maintain a mindset of looking directly to the Lord, then that mindset will be um will give us a clarity by which we can walk and we walk in that clarity of seeking the Lord's will and 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 seeking what he would have for us as believers as fellowships as families as married couples and all these things and it it gives us that kind of guidance and so this parable <clears throat> helps us to understand why it is that evil is on the rise it's because the enemy has sown his seeds throughout the world and in those seeds, he is affecting the way people think. And when they think a certain way, they act a certain way. And this is why it's very important for us to be aware of the kind of books we read, the kind of entertainment that we have, the kind of music that we listen to, the kind of news that we ingest. All of these things are things that are affecting the way we think. So the New Testament is very clear that we are supposed to have a renewed mind. And that renewed mind will then transform us to be like Christ. I think we talked about that in a previous podcast, about the transformation that takes place when we put our attention on the scriptures and the word of God and gaining the mind of God through that. And so when that happens, we begin to see the world as God sees it. So right now, what we're looking at around us in the world is, is the news would want us to be focused on the fear and on the uh, anxiety that comes from seeing things almost get go from worse to worse. So there is a spiritual battle taking place, and that spiritual battle is happening and being reflected on the earth. And so the the, the, the fighting and the arguing and the confusion and the, the, the unknowns and the chaos that we see happening around the world right now is in some ways a reflection of the battle that's taking place. And so that's why it's even more important for us to focus on what we know to be true, on simplicity of the scriptures, on the simplicity of our faith and the focus of Jesus Christ and how Jesus can affect the world around us through prayer and through a life submitted to him. And that's what we're after. And so take heart on this parable. By the way, if you take these seven parables and relate them to the seven churches of Revelation, they tend to uh, match up. And so the seven parables in their order with the seven churches of Revelation in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, they kind of link together uh, in a very general sort of way. And the parable of the wheat and the tares relates to the church of Smyrna. And the church of Smyrna was a church that was under persecution. And it says to the church of Smyrna, Jesus says, you will be tested 
10 days. Uh, but if you overcome, then uh, I think you're given the, the crown of life if you overcome. Don't quote me on that. But in both cases, in this parable, it ends with he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that is a consistent uh, statement to each of the seven churches of Revelation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And God is looking for people who have ears to hear. We don't want to close our ears to what God has to say. We want to open them. So people who are burning Bibles and people who are rejecting the gospel and people who are turning away from God are actually saying, I don't have ears to hear that. I want to hear my own way of doing things. I want to hear man's way of doing things, not God's way of doing things. And God's way of doing things is ultimately the right way because he created us. And so he knows how we are should operate and to, for the best potential that we have. So God bless you. The scriptures are always sufficient for us to understand the world around us and our own life and what's happening. And I pray that you would get into them more and more and that your prayer life and your walk with the Lord would be enhanced uh, and made even better. So if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please share them. Please email me if you have any questions, calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. God bless you. Share, go out and live out the word of God.